Greetings and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Kathy Ace. Now, those of you who know Kathy will not be surprised at all by the revelation that she is an effervescent individual, uh, and that really shows up in this interview. I think that you will enjoy it. Uh, along with finding out a few things about Kate Morgan and her Wise Inquiry uh, series as well. Uh, But before we get to Kate, I'd like to remind you that Wrong Place Right Crime, which was recently named by Feedspot Blog as one of the 10 crime fiction podcasts that you need to be listening to, is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction that resides at the darker end of the spectrum. So if you like your stories gritty and uh, off the beaten path at times, uh, then you need to be hanging out at Down and Out Books. Uh, To do that, you can go to their website at downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. And now, without any further delay, let's dive in to our interview with Kathy Ace. Take a deep breath, folks, and hang on. Well, hello, Kathy, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Frank. I am very lucky to be a member of uh, Seven Criminal Minds, uh, which is actually Ten Criminal Minds. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the mystery. Why are we called Seven Criminal Minds when we're ten? But there we are. (laughs) Let people work that out for themselves. (laughs) I think I've solved the mystery, but I won't ruin it for people who haven't tried yet. So you and you are the uh, uh, unofficial den mother of that group. And so I was very glad to have some direction when I first started there early last year. Uh, but I, I also I think the first time I ever became aware of you was at uh, Left Coast Crime in Vancouver in 2019 when you were the Toastmaster. Yep, I was really very pleased to be able to do that. It was a great honour, and um, I was delighted that they called upon a local author. I I live just outside Vancouver. When I say just outside, you know, in North American terms, it's almost a two-hour drive, but relatively (laughs) close. I'm right on the border between two areas, Maple Ridge and Mission. Um, And at the moment, we we it would take normally two hours to get to downtown Vancouver. With when the snow comes in, which for us is three snowflakes, then it probably takes about three hours. Vancouver, the Seattle of Canada. (laughs) It is. It is. We love our rain. And so long as we're not shoveling anything, we're quite happy. Thank you very much. I spent some time teaching uh, up there quite a bit, actually. And it's a lovely city. It's very beautiful and has a very distinct personality. Oh, it really does. I mean, it's a fabulous city. And, you know, for someone who lived, I lived in London in England for the better part of 20 years and used London a great deal. Nowadays, I'm very glad that I live two hours outside the big city. I've really become a country little mouse. You know, in Tom and Jerry, when Jerry's country cousin would come to visit, Mm -hmm. I am now the little country mouse. So I don't tend to go to downtown Vancouver very often. But when I go there, it's, it's a fabulous place to be as cities go. But I'm happy now out in the countryside. Thank you. One could probably guess uh, by your accent that you're not a native Canadian and that you hail from elsewhere. I do indeed. Um, I'm Welsh. Um, I was born there, raised there, didn't didn't emigrate until I was 40. And um, 
the accent's never going to go away. My husband's also Welsh. I speak to my mother in Wales every single day, my sister in Wales every single day. So the accent, whilst some of the peaks and valleys have been rounded off just a little, it's still definitely a Welsh accent, isn't it? Very much. And I must confess, not being very well versed on the history of Wales, you know, Scottish and Irish history, I have a better handle on, but it's definitely a, you know, a very unique accent. It's easy to place. It it is once you hear it. And and it's funny what you say about people not really understanding what Welsh history is all about and what Wales is all about. When I started writing, that was actually very important to me, that there weren't a lot of Welsh voices in crime fiction. And um, that's why everything I write is somehow directly or indirectly connected with Wales, right through to the fact that Kate Morgan, like me, is a Welsh woman who's emigrated to Canada. So I, I wanted to put her on the page and make that voice heard because it's true. There just aren't a lot of us out there. Uh, well, I'd like to explore that a little bit, but let's do that in within the context that you provided with uh, there. And that is Kate Morgan. Who Who is Kate Morgan? For people who have never heard of, of Kathy Ace or Kate Morgan, how would you describe her? Well, let's begin by saying the obvious. She sounds exactly like me when she talks. <laughs> and, and, and people who people I've met, when they read the Kate Morgan books, which are written in the first person, they all say to me, oh, I can hear you as Kate. And people that I know when they're reading the books will say to me, oh, I'm ever so sorry that you had to go through that. And I have to say to them, no, it's not me. It's her. You know, I do not go around the world tripping over corpses right left and center never fear i'm just fine so there is that similarity and yes it was my first novel she was my first character to bring to life and there is a great deal of kate in me and a great deal of me in kate she's short like me she likes her food like me she's welsh canadian like me and when i started writing these books she wasn't that much younger than me she's a great deal younger than me now of course so you know she's a whole decade younger than me now but let's not go there um at least i know what she's facing and what she has to go through and i'm going to give her a (laughs) a time as i did Kate had an interesting background. She started off in public relations and marketing like I did. But when I set up my own business in the UK at at that age point, I sent Kate off to do her master's degree in criminology. And her being a psychology, she was doing psychology, criminology. And God bless her, she ended up in a terrible situation where she was arrested on suspicion of having murdered her horrible ex-boyfriend. And of course, the tabloids in Britain just couldn't let go of that, you know, criminologist hauled in for murder. She was proved completely innocent, nothing to do with her at all. But when she got the opportunity for a teaching job in Canada, she grabbed it with both hands. So when we meet her, she's a professor of criminal psychology at the University of Vancouver. So she's never going to be an amateur sleuth. She's professional, she's intelligent, she knows her business, and she applies her specialism of victim profiling when she does unfortunately, encounter these corpses on her travels around the world. And that's the thing I also wanted to do with Kate. I've traveled a lot in my life, and each of the Kate Morgan mystery books is set in a different country, a country where I've either lived or worked or spent a great deal of time. Well, let's talk about what some of those countries are. Where has Kate been? 
Well, the first book was set in the south of France, in Nice, and that was very much in my heart. I used to have an apartment in Nice. I spent a lot of time there over many years, and I was very fortunate that my good friends allowed me to use their apartment as the setting for the murder, which takes place in the first paragraph on the first page. So there are no spoilers here. It was, in fact, the building which was Gestapo headquarters in Nice during the Second World War, in reality. And I've given the building that history whilst I've actually changed the name. The the next book is in wine country in Kelowna, here in British Columbia, mm-hmm. Canada. Um, I sent her off to Pacific Coastal Mexico, which I know and love very well. The fourth book, I had to send her to Vegas, because Vegas, baby, you know, Vegas. <laughs> She stayed at a, a fant- an industrialist's fantasy castle in Wales. She's been off on a fabulous Hawaiian cruise, only spoiled by a corpse popping up. Um, she's <laughs> she's spent a good deal of, deal of time in Amsterdam, where I used to do quite a lot of work for Nissan. And she, um, the eighth book in the series, found her in Budapest, where I spent a great deal of time right throughout the 1990s, from 94 right through to 2000, um, working there. So she's got about a bit and I've I've been able to take her to places that I'm passionate about. I love art and architecture and history and culture and food and drink. And I've given her those passions as well. And so is it fair to say that in each of these very different locations, she experiences the, the art and architecture and food and drink and people that are unique to that region? Exactly. Yes. It's it's been my chance to take people traveling with me. Um, I, I don't really want them to go to necessarily all of the tourist spots, but to, to be able to oh feel the texture of a place, know what it smells like when they walk into a particular sort of restaurant, understand how the transport systems work. It's not the gritty underbelly of any of these places by any means. I, I need people to understand if they haven't read these books that, that Kate isn't particularly gritty or underbelly-ish, not like your work at all, but she is, um, she does like her food and drink. And, And honestly, my hand on my heart, everything that Kate has eaten and drunk in all of these books, I've forced myself to do that research on behalf of my readers. <laughs> yeah, you are very dedicated. Uh, how about the culture of those locations, the people? Uh, do you explore that as well? I do. I do. It's uh, one of the things that really fascinates me as someone who's traveled a great deal is wherever in the world you are, this is true. There are people who have been in that place forever, for generations. They are that place. That place is them, makes them what they are. Then there are the people who've who've become incomers. They might have been there for 30 or 40 years and they're still still seen as relatively new arrivals. Um, And they've sort of grown into the place and the place has grown into them. Then, of course, there are the newcomers who move to a place because they love it and immediately seem to want to change it. (laughs) And then you, you finally then got the visitors who... If it's if it is a tourist place, they they come and they they look at the inhabitants almost as though they're visiting a zoo, as though the the people who live there are a curiosity, but they're passing through. Now, Kate 
is in all of these books a person passing through. But because she's a psychologist and because people fascinate her, she does lift the lid on that. And between all of those different types of people, there is a natural tension. And usually the mysteries that I've created turn some way on that tension. For example, the book I set in Mexico, I didn't want it to become a diatribe about the real societal problems that are there because of drugs. But certainly, if a bunch of expatriates want to build themselves a sort of a Disney-fied version of Mexico, which they do, the people who live there and need the water to grow the crops upon which they depend are going to get a bit ticked off when people stand around taking 45-minute showers. And it's that sort of attention that I would rather focus on in each of the cases because that exists everywhere. Well, it's fascinating to me. I mean, the the travel log part of it is is uh, is like frosting on the cake because the interaction of the people is is really where the where the meat of it is. And I guess that's a mixed metaphor, but I think it. I think you get my point. Kate has had eight books now. Yes, um, yes, and she's survived them all. <laughs> well, touch wood so far. She had a bit of a sticky moment in the eighth there, about which I cannot say too much. Except to say there is a ninth. So I guess that's a bit of a spoiler in its own way. <laughs> now, Kate Morgan is not the only series you've written, though. Um, you you have another series uh, called the Wise Inquiry series. And I do. When I saw Wise Inquiry, I had no idea what Wise stood for. And when I found out, I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> yes, you see, that's that's the Welsh thing again. Yeah, what we've got here is four professional female private investigators. One is Welsh, one is Irish, one is Scottish, one is English, W-I-S-E. And that really harkens back to my early days when the Four Nations rugby would be the centre of the sporting calendar in Wales for obvious reasons. And W-I-S-E was something with which we were all very familiar. It's now six nations and let's not go there. What are the other two nations? Uh, France and Italy. So it's, so uh, it's that's uh, just fine. It's Wisefy. <laughs> yes, 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 it's Wisefy. Yes, yes. You can play with that as much as you want. As I said, the Kate Morgan mysteries are written in the first person. And I did that specifically because I wanted from the very off to have a sort of a mashup of sleuthing but with the the voice of a private investigator almost you know private investigators are very always very often told in the first person and i like reading that voice however what i they are true who done it traditional puzzle plot mysteries so they are very plot driven and we meet a changing cast of characters in each book and what i realized after i'd written four or five of those was that i wanted to try something different and the wise women, they were characters I'd created in a collection of short stories and then a series of novellas back in, in the early days. And I wanted to take them forward, but I wanted them each to have their own voice. And these, the Wise Inquiry Agency mysteries, are much more character-driven mysteries, which all revolve around a stately home in Wales and the local village. So we have a recurring cast of characters from book to book to book, much more the classic 
quintessential British cosy setup rather than the Kate Morgan, which is much more international woman of sticking and nosing and sorting things out. Um, so the Wise Inquiries Agency stories also allow me to look at how women can work as a team together truly synergistically because each of the women involved in the business has their own skill set and when they all work together they become a fabulously functioning team of course there are external forces always trying to make that not the case but i i did want to do something that was more character driven and a slower pace and revisiting people and getting to know all the characters from book to book to book. And, and that's where the Wise Inquiries Agency came in. They're, they're very different characters because the other thing I wanted to consider talking about for British women was how different the Britishness is, depending on where you come from. So they're all from different social backgrounds, as well as from each of the four home nations. And they all are at a different life stage. So I really wanted to mix it all up and, and consider womanhood in many shapes and sizes. Well, before that last piece there, I was thinking of commenting as the boorish American that it sounds uh, as if uh, a detective agency were opened up near Downton Abbey. But <laughs> but uh, that last piece to me is really fascinating, the way that you've injected class, nationality, and stage of life uh, differences into all of these characters. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm going to, I'm going to start with Kate Morgan and, and then uh, jump over to, to the wise inquiries agency. That's uh, definitely something worth reading. I think. Well, that's lovely of you. And in case you were wondering, because both are series, I do think it's worth starting with the first book of each series, because the arc of the characters, certainly with the wise women, as I refer to them, does develop through the books. So it's worth going in at the beginning. But I'll also mention to you the one thing I sort of said in passing, the Kate Morgan characters and the wise characters were all born in a collection of short stories that was published before any of my novels were published. And then they came back again and they each had a novella in my next collection. So when the first novels for each set of characters were published, the characters were already on their journey. And I was getting emails from readers saying, well, how did the wise women all get together? When did they meet? How did Kate and Bud meet? And questions like this, which of course I'd answered in my own head because they were answered in short stories and novellas. So I decided to republish those short stories and novellas so that people who are true purists and really want to be in the very beginning can go to the collection of short stories, then the collection of novellas, then branch off into whichever area of novels they like, the Kate Morgan novels, the Wise Inquiries Agency novels, or if they've taken to Detective Inspector Evan Glover in my short stories and novellas, they can find out whether he did retire after his experiences in the novella The Fall in The Wrong Boy, which was the novel of psychological suspense that came out last year, which finds him just three days from retirement and discovering 
a very mysterious set of human remains in a Welsh clifftop village. So they can go off along whichever path they fancy if they start off right at the very beginning. And if they've already read some of the novels, then they can go back and read the origin stories. They can. The origin stories, yes. You see, Marvel Comics do do things that the rest of us can copy. We can <laughs> all go back to the genesis of our heroes and find out why they are the way they are. Where they are and how they became what they became is certainly interesting, but where they're going is as well. Um, you alluded to a ninth Kate Morgan mystery. Do you have a title for that yet? I do. I'm so excited. Now, I'll explain to people who might know nothing about this that... Each of the Kate Morgan mysteries has a, a common title. There's the corpse with the silver tongue, the corpse with the golden nose, the corpse with the emerald thumb, the corpse with the platinum hair, and I'm sure by now you've got it. So the the ninth one that's coming out is called, drumroll please, the corpse with the crystal skull. Ooh, yes. And it's um it's set in Jamaica. Uh, which is a fabulous place, not without its own challenges, but but quite a, a beautiful and picturesque place that faces some social issues. Um, it's set in Jamaica on a private estate where the titular corpse, of course, as with all Kate Morgan mysteries, is dead before the end of page two, because I like to kill them off and get going with the investigation. Um, yeah, it's a true impossible crime. He's found in a locked room at the top of a tower. So all of the Kate Morgan mysteries are classic closed circle mysteries where only a small number of people could have done it. In this case, I've also elaborated that by introducing a true locked room mystery as well as a closed circle mystery. And it's more complicated to write than I imagined, but I'm very much enjoying it. And I'm loving being back with Kate and Bud and although they're very sweaty because it's May and it's humid in Jamaica, I'm pretty pleased about that because I'm looking out at the snowy landscape at the moment. So it's keeping me warm and craving jerk chicken. <laughs> well, how about the Wise Inquiry Agency's mysteries? Is there a fifth one on the horizon? Well, that's more difficult. Um, I couldn't decide which book to write next. I have... Another psychological suspense novel with detective, in, retired Detective Inspector Glover in it, scratching its way through my skull at the moment. But I really wanted to attend to Kate and Bud for a while. It might be, therefore, that the wise women have to be a little more patient um, until their next adventure comes along. But it is already outlined, and I do know what's going to happen to them. So it won't not happen. It's really just a question of when it will happen. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, and Kathy, I'm glad that I had a chance to, to get you on the show. It's been really nice to talk to you. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you, too. I wish I could give you a real hug now, but I'm sending a <laughs> virtual one. Well, I got a good one from you at BoucherCon in Dallas. And you, you did, your, yes. Your, your, your hugging skills are legendary and more than lived up to it. <laughs> Honed over many years of over-familiarity, darling. Honed. <laughs> well, I will look forward to getting another one the next time I see you. And uh, until then, good luck with the, the new novel. And thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks ever so much for having me, Frank. Lovely to talk to you. Be safe. Well, there you are, folks. Uh, 
Kathy Ace in a nutshell, uh, I think when I use the term effervescent to describe her, I, I challenge anyone to argue that <laughs> that's not an accurate term. Uh, super nice lady. Uh, you should give Kate Morgan or The Wise Inquiry or both a try, especially if you uh, dig uh, British uh, or travel type stories. On the next episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to talk to Nick Feldman, who, among other things, uh, is the Noir at the Bar host uh, for Seattle and who has written some work that, uh, well, the protagonist could not be more different than the author. That's next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'd like to say thank you to Kathy for coming on the show and for being so full of energy. Uh, I felt like droopy sometimes uh, opposite her. She's just very, very energetic, and that's really fun to be around. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show, Kathy. Thank you, Down and Out Books, for being a great sponsor. And thanks to you, uh, as always, the listener, for coming on this journey with me. Nick Feldman, next episode. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime. <laughs>